Welcome back to the Protecting Us podcast, Pelicans fans. You're usually live in local podcasts for the New Orleans Pelicans. But here with the coronavirus, we're changing up a little bit. Today we're going to bring in Aaron Keller-Strauss, if I said that right, from the Pelican Debrief. He is the site expert. Right, He is the site expert over at the Pelican Debrief. He's been putting up work, putting up the numbers, getting some articles out, talking about the team, keeping the conversation going, and we wanted to uh, introduce him into the nest. How's it going today, Bo? It's going great. Good to see you, Dotson. Good to finally meet you, man. We've crossed paths a lot of times on Twitter, so it's nice to uh, put a voice and face to the Twitter handle, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, man. It's it's amazing how joining Pelican's Twitter has actually opened up the world. So just new people talking to, you know, like yourself. You're, you're stuck here from Ireland, I believe it is, and now... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was back. Um, my wife is Irish, and I was living there. I was back um, just kind of on a visit and got stuck here of the coronavirus and so yeah it's been that part of it's not been great but otherwise it's been all right i've gotten to you know until the hoops went down i was watching a lot of hoops writing so it's been all right um you know definitely some people have it worse so all right well how many zion fans you got over there in ireland what's that how many zion fans do you have over there in ireland you know i know a couple actually you know my uh my nephew-in-law is <laughs> a big hoops fan, and all of his mates are really into the two, uh, NBA. And of course, they they were super excited when they found out I was writing about uh, the Pelicans because they all love Zion. Well, tell us, yeah, tell, tell us that story. How'd you come to write about the Pelicans? Um, whew, it's a long one, but um, I started off a long time ago. I mean, I've been a hoops fan forever, and I'm a huge Pistons fan. I should come clean with that right away. Um but also just a big fan of hoops in general. And especially as I get older, I just kind of like watch anything. And but back in the day, I started writing for Bleacher Report. Um, and I was writing about the UFC, which I knew very little about and didn't really like all that much, to be honest. But I was watching it, but it was really hard. I was living in Thailand, and the time difference was just awful. So I got out of it for a long time. Um, then kind of came back to the States off and on decided to start writing about basketball again ended up writing for Pistons Powered uh, with Nick and the guys over there running it um, and my articles were doing alright and so they kind of just offered me a position to be a site expert and gave me a list of teams and the Pelicans were on it and I jumped at it because I think um, I've always liked New Orleans as a city um, I love the music and the culture and this team is a really entertaining fun team to watch and I was like you know I've been writing about the Pistons for a while and I love them but they're terrible <laughs> so it felt like you know an emancipation to actually get to watch some meaningful hoops and to see and then Zion came back you know and the team kind of blew up so it was good timing and you know they're one of the most enjoyable teams in the NBA so I, I'm really happy well over there in Detroit you've got an old New Orleans fellow, Christian Wood. You want to give us an update? Uh, how y'all been treating him over in the Detroit nest? Of- well, I mean, we're terrified now that he's going to leave, you know. <laughs> he finally got a chance to play, and he kind of blew up this season after they traded Andre Drummond. Um, and, yeah, he looks like a legit, you know, kind of stretch four, uh, really athletic. He's fun to watch. You know, he's always got, he's a little bit like Jackson Hayes, uh, other than he can he can shoot a little bit more. His offensive game's a little bit more refined, but... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hope they can keep him, but um, that was kind of a, his showcase for the rest of the league, I think. So he might get some offers. Yeah, well, what, what sort of offers might you, I guess, match for Detroit? What Maybe New Orleans is in the mix if they lose Derek Favors. Do you see maybe a mid-levels exception? Will Wood get more than the $9.76 million? Where would you go as far as matching a salary if you were in Detroit's shoes? And maybe, since this is a New Orleans Pelicans podcast, 
what kind of number would you throw out to bring Christian Wood back into the back into the flock? That's a, that's a tough question, you know, because I don't. It's hard to really get a gauge of him as a player playing on a team that's, you know, rebuilding, not really trying to win. Um, I don't know how exactly he would fit in with New Orleans. Um, he doesn't play much defense. He's still kind of lost on that end. And so I don't think he would be necessarily a replacement for favors. He'd be something completely different. I don't know. I mean, I think if they could get him for around that, you know, maybe four years, 36 million, 40 million, something around those numbers, I think is probably what he'll end up getting um, from someone. I don't know if it'll be Detroit. Uh, I don't think it'll probably be New Orleans, but you never know. I mean, I think he does fit with the team in some ways, but he doesn't really do some of the things they're going to need, especially if favors leaves. Right. Well, that brings us to favors. Since you can't bring in a Christian Wood, or you, you don't want to look at options because there's not that many options available in this year's free agent class. No, definitely not. What do you do with in free agency with, say, a Derek Favors or Brandon Ingram? How, how would you approach this if we gave you David Griffith's job? Well, I think Ingram's a no-brainer. You offer him the max. I mean, he's a 22-year-old wing. He's already really good. He's probably going to get better. Um, so I think that's a no-brainer. Favors, I think, is a lot tougher. It really kind of depends on what number he'll take, I guess. I mean, I, I would assume someone will offer him closer to what he's making now, which is, I think, $17.65 million or something along those lines. So I don't know. Um, if someone else is willing to offer him that, again, I don't think the Pelicans can really go that high for him. If they can get him for, like, a short deal, maybe two years, $20 million, I think they should jump at that because he's part of – you know, this year he's been really valuable to the team. He's part of most of their best lineups. Um, their defense is pretty much terrible when he's not on the floor. Um, but I wouldn't go much higher than that either because he does provide some things, but there are other guys who can provide those things who might come cheaper or might be better. So I wouldn't go too high on favors. But if they can get him on a shorter deal, I think he's definitely worth it. Um, and they probably, I don't know, I think that both teams probably, both sides probably want and come to that conclusion. Right, I think we're on the same page as far as Ingram. You have to just give him the contract. Favors probably falls somewhere in the middle of where you want and where he wants. That's just the nature of the NBA. Uh, the sure. Pelicans do need him. They need something. But let's look at yeah. your most recent article. Of when people are listening to this, it will have come out yesterday, if I'm looking at this right, uh, on the one-year anniversary of the Anthony Davis trade. Where, yeah. do, where do you see that uh, – for maybe folks who hadn't seen the article yet, they'll hear this first. What do you think about well, the trade? What inspired the article? And you know, would you do it again? I, mean, I think it's. I think both teams would. It's one of those rare trades where both teams kind of won. You know, I mean, the Lakers can rebuild on the fly with three agents. They don't really need young players. <laughs> um, and if you can get LeBron, you get him. You know, like he's the biggest name in the game. So it made sense on their end um, to go after Anthony Davis. Um, after that, um, they're in win now mode and don't need all these young guys. Um, on the Pelican side, I, I mean, I'm much happier with what they got, to be honest, because I think their future is so bright and they're such an exciting team to watch. Um, I think the interesting question to ask would be to the Lakers fans, you know, is would they do it again? Because I see a lot of Lonzo fans on my timeline um, who live in LA. You know, a lot of those fans who sort of followed those guys to the Pelicans. Um, so I think a lot of the Lakers fans like that young core they were building and did not they're not necessarily all in on LeBron because he's not their guy, you know. Um, they were battling against him, and he'll never be a Laker like the way Kobe is or, you know, Shaq or some of these other guys. 
Um, so I don't know. I think a lot of the fans would probably undo that trade, but you know, it worked out for both teams. Obviously, the Lakers are the front runner, um, but if they don't win a title or two even, I, I think they'll regret it eventually because they're going to be left with not much, um, but AD and a bunch of no draft picks. And so I think it's an interesting one still, um, even though it's been talked about a lot, obviously. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it, I'd like to get a poll of Lakers fans and find out what they think of it. Yeah, Lonzo's got his own websites that cover him. You know, yeah. just, just he's super popular. It, it's crazy. I, I never imagined it would have been like that. But that's the power of social media. And as everybody listens to the podcast knows, I'm just now getting into the social media part of it. <laughs> uh, it growing it that way is crazy. But look at it, it, it with what you said. LeBron not being a Laker the way Kobe's a Laker. Yeah. If if say they won the championship this year, the Lakers wouldn't give that the same credit as say Kobe's any of Kobe's championships but they would give it to Davis if he won this year and a few years later especially if LeBron's not there it could actually wind up being Anthony Davis is more beloved by the Lakers than LeBron and LeBron's what brought Anthony Davis to the Lakers so (laughs) Uh, yeah you're absolutely right I think that could definitely happen I mean especially Anthony Davis is a really really good player so even if LeBron were to retire in a couple of years, Davis is still relatively young. They could build a team around him. Um, and you're right, he may end up winning an MVP or a title there without LeBron and then, yeah, would, would be more beloved than LeBron. I, I don't know how many titles LeBron would have to win to really win over the Lakers fans, you know. Um, more than he won but, in Miami. Yeah, absolutely. I think the fact that he's jumped around and been on other teams and, you know, has been the enemy a few times, um, they've never really going to love him like they did they're never going to love anyone like they love Kobe but like you know I just don't think LeBron's ever going to be considered a Laker he, he probably won't go into the Hall of Fame as a Laker you know so um, yeah it's interesting it's, just, it's still kind of an interesting trade yeah I think he's kind of getting off the Pelican subject but LeBron has to go in as a Cavalier just because of the hometown connection there's not yeah. too many Cleveland Cavaliers in the Hall of Fame so <laughs> no. you might as well take it that way but uh Absolutely. Just trying to hype up some more of your articles. I'm looking through here how they, the style of Pelicans are stacking up for the A-seed hopefuls. NBA might be back in a few weeks or, you know, the end of next month. How do you see the Pelicans approaching that? How, what would you want to see happen? And eventually, what if they played the eight games, do you see the Pelicans jumping Portland and beating Memphis to get that Lakers series that we all want to see? Oh, I hope so. Um... I don't know. I mean, there's so many moving parts going on with this stuff right now. It's really, it's, I think the whole restart's been kind of problematic, and I hope they can iron some of this stuff out. Obviously, as a basketball fan, I want nothing more than to watch hoops. But I also think there's so much going on with the pandemic, and then also, you know, all the protests that you can't ignore. Um, So I think the optics of restarting are rough. I mean, I hope, hope they can get it sorted out, but I'm also kind of worried that I don't know what happens somebody gets coronavirus or if a whole team did or you know what's going to happen so i don't think the nba has been quite clear enough about what they're going to do in those kind of situations which is which is tough um as far as the pelicans being able to leapfrog it'll be hard i mean i I think they can leapfrog portland um that's just one game they just have to beat portland basically right i mean i think portland does own the tiebreaker because of the winning percentage um thing so if they tied even if that Portland will have played two more games, so they'll they'll get the tiebreaker by winning percentage. So it's not going to be easy. They have to actually beat them by one game. But 
Uh, not impossible, um, depending on the schedule, of course. I mean, the Pelicans just have to take care of business. They they should be favored in most of the games they get. Um, and if they can go five and three or something like that in the eight games, I think they'll have a good shot at it. Um, I would really like to. I mean, I think, with no offense to Memphis, who I, I quite like, I, I gravitate towards all the small market teams, you know, so I like the Grizzlies. But I don't think anyone's as excited to see Memphis, L.A. as they are to see you know the Pelicans in LA. I mean, there's so many storylines at play with Lonzo and Bi and and Hart coming back, and um, just sort of the passing of the guard from LeBron to Zion. I think it's a lot, in many ways, a lot more interesting series. And from a basketball standpoint, I think would be amazing. Even though the Lakers have pretty hand, much handled the Pelicans this season. Right. I think even if you took away the Lakers trade for Anthony Davis, not that you could, but just with Zion being there and LeBron being somewhere else, just the matchup for the passing of the torch purposes, they would hype that matchup. And that that's going to bring in the dollars. I mean, let's face it, that would bring in probably twice as much ad revenue as a series between, say, Memphis and Utah. Yeah, that, that absolutely. Just... And it, it definitely seemed like the NBA had a vested interest in ensuring that Zion at least got a shot at it. You know, I mean, I don't think they rigged it in his favor like some people were writing. That's ridiculous. But um, I do think at least giving him a chance and making sure that the, the Pelicans were basically the threshold for what teams they were going to let in. Um, you know, I definitely think the NBA had an interest in it as well. Obviously, they're trying to recoup some of those dollars they lost. <laughs> um, you know, in a Zion versus LeBron series is huge, you know. Right, and people even were people were angling that. Them. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I said even if the Lakers swept the Pelicans, which you know that may or may not happen, um, you know those four games are going to draw more eyeballs than than you know it, almost any other matchup. Right, and the national media, a lot of people were saying they're angling this for Zion. They're angling this for Zion. Well, the week before yeah. that, it was Dame saying that he wanted a shot or he wouldn't, you know, go. He wouldn't even bother making the trip. And that's your your Western Conference finalists from last year that has not had a full roster together yet. It, it, they would finally have everybody back in Orlando. So I think the league, while there is some merit to, yeah, we're going to make the cutoff line Zion or somewhere around Zion and make sure he's in, you give more merit as a, as a commissioner, as the team, just for a competitive fairness value. You have to say the Western Conference finalists, their stars are telling us if they don't have a chance, they're not playing. Yeah, That's absolutely. way bigger than a rookie. And I think a lot of that the Zion stuff just comes from people, you know, it's the same with LeBron. They get a lot of coverage in the national media, and, and the fans of other teams just get sick of it, so they want to find some reason to hate. Because um, to be honest, I didn't hear anyone say, like, they're rigging this for Damian Lillard, or, you know, they're rigging this for De'Aaron Fox on the Kings, you know, to give him a chance. You know, it's all about Zion, even though those teams have just as much opportunity to make the playoffs as the Pelicans do, you know. So, right. yeah, I, I think the NBA had to take all those things into consideration for sure. Well, what, what, going forward, what do the Pelicans have to do to compete for a championship? Just keep this core together? Do they need to add a Bradley Bill, in your opinion? Do they maybe just need to tinker with the middle class of the roster and not bring a third bigger star in? Because if they bring in a third bigger star, we don't know if that means Drew's gone or is not re-signed or traded. There's a lot of dynamics to it, but what do you think the I'd team needs awfully, to do? Um, I'd be awfully tempted just to run it back with this team. I mean, I think as those of us who write about the team – you know, so much we get caught up in all these, you know, the minutia of moves and trades and free agency and all this stuff without really knowing the dynamics of the team as well as the people who are running it. Um, I'd be really tempted not to do too much. I mean, because they're going to have Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Zion, potentially all on max deals. So they're not going to have a lot of money to throw around if they keep the core together. 
Um, I also think this core is really good. You know, they kind of fit perfectly together. Um, you know, if they had to tinker around with a little bit, I'd say they definitely need to add some defense. I mean, if they could add a, a bigger wing um, or even a center who's more of a defensive-minded player, um, you know, someone like Serge Ibaka or someone like that would be perfect. Um, but on the other hand, I'm, I'm also tempted to say because of Zion's potential health problems and just the fact that New Orleans is a small market and they may not be able to keep him past his rookie deal, I mean, I don't think they can count on that. So there's also I'm also tempted to say go for it, you know, and if that means like trading Drew Holiday and a bunch of draft picks for Bradley Beal, um, I think that a team with Bradley Beal on it with B.I. and Zion and Lonzo is pretty good. So um, I'm torn between it. I'd love to watch this team grow together, but I also think the way the mark, you know, the NBA is, you can't count on Zion not bouncing to the Lakers or something in, in a few years. So why not try to take advantage of the window? Also, he's a 285-pound man whose joints and knees are already problematic. So, um, you know, part of me says try to win now. Go for it. But I don't know. I think it's a tough call, really. Right. If you've got a championship pretty much within your grasp, you have to go for it or the players might lose faith and you lose all chances of ever having a winning culture there, you know, for, for what decades, depending on what kind of franchise you are. But with yeah, all I... those draft picks that you mentioned, uh, are there any – I guess draft picks that you want to see the team make. Are there any prospects that you're really eyeballing? I know your last piece did something on Shane Larkin. If you want to fill us in on him, and maybe, maybe who was the honorable mention for that? Um, I I don't watch a lot of college basketball, if I'm being honest. Um, but I do watch enough, and I tend to watch the clips and read a lot about the players. Um, so there are some guys that I'd like coming out of this draft. I don't think it's considered to be a great draft overall by most people, but I also think we get caught up in that sometimes and then that becomes a narrative and no one's really asking why we're saying that um but i think there are some good players i mean i would just for the sheer value of writing and for entertainment i would absolutely love them to somehow make a move for Lamelo. um i've said this before i've gotten trashed online for it a few times but um i love the balls i'm totally all in on the ball family i say if you can get them all there do it um i think they're they're great basketball players for one and they kind of complement each other but um, barring a big trade, that's obviously not going to happen, or them miraculously getting the number one pick again. Um, but there so are you do, you do think Lamelo was going to go number one? You do think he's going one? Depending Maybe. on who gets the pick, you know. I, I mean, I think if it's the Knicks or Detroit, they definitely are going to go that route. Um, if it's you know one of the other teams, maybe not. Um, it really kind of depends. He'll definitely go in the top three or four, I would think, um, in this draft. The Warriors. Um, yeah, the Warriors, I don't know. I, 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 I think if they get the number one pick, they're trading it. I, I don't see them. They have, you know, their guys are getting older. They don't have a huge window of opportunity to win anymore with the Splash Brothers. So I don't think they're going to be necessarily even taking that pick. I think if they get it, they'll probably trade out of it, um, which is, you know, kind of what led to that discussion, which is, you know, if the Warriors get this pick, are they even going to take it? And if, and if not, who's got a good package to offer them for it? And would the Pelicans want to offer them? something in exchange for essentially drafting LaMelo Bell, Ball, rather, um, which I totally would, but that's just as a fan and as a writer, <laughs> you know, um, I understand there are people who, who make a lot more money than me to make these decisions, and they're probably better at it. Um, there's a couple other guys I like, though, as a kind of a sleeper. I really like the kid out of Vanderbilt, Aaron Naismith. Um, just, I think if you can get a guy who can shoot like that, um, it's always going to be valuable in the NBA. He shot like 52% from three or something this year, but he didn't play much. Um, he'll probably be available. They've got a lot of picks. Um, 
So I don't know. I think they can go a lot of ways. I think the Pelicans will definitely be active um, on draft night, and it's possible that they will trade some of their picks to move up or possibly even trade down. Right. That's what's fun about having so many picks. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever tried to rig a, a, a season fantasy draft on Xbox or PlayStation, but where you wind up with like three top ten picks in Madden every year or something like that. It's ridiculous. But it's fun for fun to watch the team because they've got a lot to play with, so it gives you a lot of ideas and little rumors and, I guess, thought exercises you could. All right, well, what do you think about this lawsuit Zion's been going through? How's that been viewed, I guess, over at Fanside and y'all's writers and your Slack? How, what do y'all think about Zion and this fight? It's interesting because it hasn't gotten a ton of national attention, and I do think part of the reason for that is because some of the people involved um, have a lot to lose um, because they were probably involved in it. Um, so I think you've seen some squashing of the story. It hasn't really been as big a story as you would expect. Um, I don't. I'm not going to pretend to be a lawyer and understand the full, all the elements of the lawsuit. It seems like you know. All this is all my personal opinion, by the way. I don't represent anyone, but um, yeah, I think everything you know, here after this is allegedly. We're not walking into a lawsuit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. All allegedly. Um, I think some of the people involved are pretty sleazy, to be honest. Um, I think. You know, part of the reason why I don't watch the NCAA anymore is because of this kind of stuff. I think there are a lot of greasy people involved. And, you know, if Zion took money or he didn't, I honestly don't care. Um, if his family did, good on him. Um, Duke sure made enough money off of him. So I don't really have any problem with it. I think the problem is, you know, you have this agent sort of going after him because he's the one that she can go after. Um, and I think she's trying to sort of air some dirty laundry, which maybe needs to get out there. I'm not saying it shouldn't. Um, this information doesn't need to get out. But I also think kind of going after a 19-year-old kid and his family is pretty poor form. So um, I don't know. I hope it's not a distraction for the team. I don't think it will be. But, um, yeah, it's surprising it hasn't gotten a little more attention than it has. You know, I saw you writing about it probably more than just about anyone else, you know, nicking ideas from you, definitely. <laughs> right. Well, uh not to disagree with you a little bit, but I think it started to pick up traction. When this started a year ago, it was me and Michael McCann over at Sports Illustrated. He's now moved over to uh, Sportico, I believe. And we were the yeah. only two people writing about it at all. And yeah, yeah. finding finding information was a little tough. Finding you know sources was a little tough. It got a little yeah, easier depending on what story you wrote You know, for that month or for that motion. You might get a response the next day or the next week if they liked what you wrote. Other than that, yeah. you were back in the weeds. But now it seems like a few lawyers or reaching out maybe to other writers and giving them the narrative, giving them the documents before you yeah. can even really get them from the clerk of court. And it's picking up steam in that end. The case law is going to be a lot more exciting for, I guess, the legal profession than the actual yeah. case. And I don't think it'll ever get to trial. Eventually someone's going to have to settle for, for you know, a few million, if not tens of millions of dollars, depending on what kind of dirt they have. But yeah, I'm in the same boat. Most people are in the same boat. They don't care that they got paid. They just want to see. They just want to see the game. At this point, with everything going on in the world, they want to see progress that matters. And this kind of case to take dirty money out of a dirty game, there's not going to be much progress. They need to just, you know, do what they're doing. Let name, image, and likeness rights happen. Let the players benefit from their talent because this is America and that's what it was built on. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. It's one of the only jobs you can have where someone can just take your face and plaster it all over a billboard or in a video game and make, you know, billions literally off of it and you get nothing. So I, I think you're right. In this country, you know, um, you have a right to earn a living and I, I do think there's a lot to that. I agree. Right. Well, uh, on that end, we'll 
we appreciate you coming on Protect the Nest. You want to tell the people where they can find you, what you're working on? Um, always check me out at pelicandebrief.com. On Twitter at The Buck Show, it's just B-U-K-S-H-O-W, The Buck Show. Um, follow me on Twitter. Um, yeah, I'll be working on loads of stuff. We'll probably take a couple more angles on the Anthony Davis thing over the next few days. Um, yeah, and just kind of responding to a lot of the, the, you know, everything's so emotion at the moment. So we're just kind of responding to things as they happen and waiting for hoops like everyone else, you know, and just hoping it works out safely and in a way that doesn't, you know, use the players in some nefarious way. So, um, yeah, be writing about all that stuff. Come check it out. Hey, guys, check him out over there at Pelican Debrief down here in New Orleans. We appreciate you coming on. Hope you get back Thanks to so home safely. Me, man. I really appreciate it.